0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Horror Vision. I'm Sean. I'm Chris. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ray. And we have three very special guests with us this evening. Yeah. So the movie Secret Santa has uh, is coming out, is out on DVD now. We have Deborah Sullivan, Adam Marcus, and Brian Sexton. So you guys, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, um, let's, so we just watched it. Uh, Chris and I had seen it previously. Anthony and Ray had not. Uh, it, it, literally, uh, if you're listening to this, we just like the movie just ended, and then they they showed up, and so we're fresh off of this. Um, why don't we we'll start with Deborah and just go around and tell the listeners who character. you are and what you do. Yeah, exactly. Who I am and what I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. Um, I am the co-writer, along with my husband Adam Marcus, of *Secret Santa*, as well as *The Texas Chainsaw Massacre* 3D, and a bunch of other things um, and in the movie I play Shari Pope who's the most evil awful mother who's just totally misunderstood <laughs> on the planet and uh, I'm also co-producing with uh, these two gentlemen over here as well
2: Brian Sexton I'm uh, the producer I kind of you know uh, threw everything together in a pot and Trying to get this damn thing made as best we could and get it out so that people can see it uh because i thought the script was hilarious actually uh my partners adam and deb in skeleton crew are uh, awesome tiny company that could uh they the first time i actually they, they refused to send me the script i asked to read it like a million times um nope. and they weren't gonna let me read it until it was just right and months went by this is not a joke and they were tweaking and tweaking And then they were like, hey, do you want to come over for a cast read of this thing? And I just sat there and just died laughing the entire time. I was like, we got to make this fucking movie. (laughs) Anyway, that's me. Awesome. Uh, I'm
3: Marcus, and uh, I am the director, co-writer, co-editor, co-producer. That's it. Of Secret Santa. Um, Tinker and, Taylor, and, Taylor Soldier Spy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nice. Um which is actually uh, my business card is Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Nice. Um so uh yeah, this is um this is my fifth feature as a director. Um and it's uh it's the thing I am absolutely the most proud of of everything that I've done and, and you know, uh, all three of us came out of studio fair, um, out of, you know, making big movies with big names and, and, uh, and lots more money. Um, and secret Santa was a chance for, um, for the three of us to, uh, take control of the way we would tell stories. And that's kind of how the birth of the company happened. It's also how the birth of this project happened since this is the, the, the first picture out of the gate. Um, and and that's been what's been so exciting about the partnership of the three of us is that you know when you're when you're dealing with studios and god bless them they have the money so they get to call the shots as they should um, i I've, I've never balked at a studio <coughs> doing what they do the problem is is that you know dev and i specifically you know we would write a picture like Texas Chainsaw and we would we would go to see the screening of the movie <laughs> and we're like, what? That's not what movie. movie is this? Like, that's what, not our movie. what is that? No. I mean, so it was
0: that. It was that drastic with yes. the example.
3: And and dra- let's put it this way: the structure is the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why we got credited for the movie. The most of the characters are kind of the same, but then things like you know, do your thing, cause. We didn't write that. Every critic hated the line and lambasted us for the line.
1: We didn't write it. So we get get dinged for things that we didn't do and it becomes very frustrating.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that whole scene with the smartphone, um, the movie took place in 1993. Who has a smartphone?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Aren't there three other writers on that credited?
3: Yeah, uh, there are two. Two. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing: Steve Susko got credited with the story with Dev and I, mm-hmm. even though Steve Susko's script was thrown out, completely thrown away. We weren't even allowed to look at Steve's script. Now, eventually, we got to read Steve's script after the film had, had happened. It's a completely different movie. It's a cult around Leatherface, yeah. so it's a completely different movie. Here's why they credit, why they gave him credit: He made Leatherface. Um, a thinking character. So he he was not just a monster. Right. So because he had done that in the movie, and I kind of went, Well, that's how he is in, in Toby's Texas Chainsaw. Mm. So Steve didn't come up with that. That's right. pattern of work. But here's the thing, Steve Susco's awesome. Like we actually love Steve. So we were like, we don't care, He can have story credit. Right, right. I'm not gonna get upset about that. No, there's a woman named Kristen Elms. Careful. I, I will. Who who, who got who, who got credited for the screenplay with us. She was brought in by John Lusenhoff, who directed the movie. From what we have been informed, um, he he did the writing, but didn't have a Writers Guild contract. He had her have a Writers Guild contract and put the rewrites under her. Um, Kristen, by the way, has gone around for years saying that she wrote the script, that Dev and I didn't write the script. Um, And and the thing is, Kristen was brought in to do a polish. Uh, So... Because they had made some crazy changes, like the cell phone scene, she got credited on the script. And I'm telling you, it's all the stuff that got bad reviews. So we're like, um, we didn't do any of that. That, that sucks. Yeah, yes. it does. Plus, yes.
1: um, the, the whole, I don't know why we're talking about Chex's chainsaw, but <laughs> the, whole, the whole carnival scene
4: uh.
1: was a main... Piece. It was, it was just a
3: huge set piece. Huge set piece. There were like twenty five kills in that set piece. Yeah. Oh wow. And
1: they cut it down to basically. It looks like he's walking through.
3: Well, like he runs through the place, runs, throws his chainsaw away, and runs away. I'm like, what, 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 what happened? happened? What happened? What? So.
1: Anyway, that's. Why you- so well, that's
0: why we we, we kind of walked. So was that the breaking point? So Texas was the one where you're like, yeah, you know what, is, there's look, a here, better way to do this.
3: And, and here's the thing. Our original script got us a bunch of other jobs. We'd written a bunch of scripts while Text changes was being made. We had gotten a bunch of other work because of, of that screenplay, of our script. So we were like, wait a second. So our script is good enough to get us other work at other studios, but it's not good enough to follow it as a blueprint to make the actual <laughs> movie? <laughs> And by the way, they did start. We wrote a movie yes. that they told us was 20 million, and then they went and shot it free. So, yeah, you're going to wow. strip down stuff. So, that part I totally understand, but there are so many 3D gags that we wrote that are cheap. They, like, for example, uh, and this should be the last thing I hopefully on Texas Chainsaw, but there, there, there was a moment where, um, you know, the, the van flips over. Mm-hmm. Trey Songs gets killed in that scene. But in the way they shot it, he just gets, like, the front window cuts his throat and he dies. Like, Leatherface doesn't even get him. God gets him, which should we never allow <laughs> to happen in a movie. And so so the, the in our story, the, the the van flips over, and now the side of the van is the floor of the van. Right. And the roof is what he's laying against, Tresong's character. And um, you hear the mm, outside the van but they don't know where it is, right? It's echoing all over the place and they're all kind of... And suddenly, the saw comes through his chest, through the back, through nice. the top of the van, right? And the old VW buses, you can cut right through that, right? So this, this chainsaw comes through and Alexander Daddario's character is supposed to like, like, go towards him and he Grabs the saw, oh!
4: and his fingers <laughs> launch off
3: into her face. Oh! Okay, now I'm sorry, that's just 3D magic. Yeah, oh, like yeah. that's what the audience goes for. That's not in the movie, yeah. and that's not an expensive gag. It's not. It's mm. an easy gag to pull off. <gasps> yeah. So, um, so look, it, you know, it, it, it was here's the thing. Here's the thing. John Lucanop never directed a horror film. He directed Takers which is not a bad movie. It's kind of a fun heist movie. But you mm-hmm. go like he's the guy you're getting to do like the most iconic, you know, c- serial killer from the early 70s. Like that's the guy you're going to you're going to ha- hand it off to. He he was he was, you know, hanging out in the horror genre. And this is what a lot of places, a lot of studio stuff does is they get a, a really good director and somebody who knows how to direct, but they forget, you know, Horror has to have a little bit of exploitation to it. Yeah. Someone's gotta have a little oh, yeah. taste yeah. for it. Yeah. And, and and when you class up the joint too much, you lose what's great about horror and why the fans showed up in the first place, right. which is they want they want something a little dirty. Dirty's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we actually met Brian on one of our other projects that That almost broke us. That almost broke us, that <sighs> shall remain unnamed. <laughs> and he was as horribly mistreated as we were, mm-hmm. and go ahead, Ryan. You.
2: No, it was awesome. I mean, it was a good working experience with with them, and <laughs> you know, it's you know, we uh, it it was a uh, it was a good fit, and yes. you know, I saw what they were trying to do, and. You know, I was happy to join forces with him, obviously, a little bit later in life once things got uh, shaken out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah.
3: Such, he's such the producer. It's he awesome. Is a producer. So good. So, no, we we, uh, we all kind of huddled together, and um, and we were, there, there was a, a kind of a kindred spirit about the way to make things, and that things can be done well without a ton of money. Um, and then you can tell the story you actually want to tell. Mm-hmm. And and craft something you're proud of. And, and that's, that's, that's really...
1: the thing that we have always said. I mean, we love this movie. And you can tell by the critiques that we've gotten. And, you know, a lot of people love this movie. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, okay. But at least it's ours. Right. Yeah. We'll take, we'll take we'll the ding because yeah. we yeah.
3: earn the ding. This, it's is, ours. this is what like, we wanted cool. to do.
1: It's exactly the movie we wanted to yeah. make. Nobody had their fingers in our pie, so to speak. Phrasing. <laughs> nice. Nice.
5: We love
1: it. Uh, well. so, after,
0: so let's um, go with the skeleton crew okay. kind of business model. So after you get fed up and you're like, there's a, a better way to do this. And like you said, like we, we can do this the way we want to do it and it will be ours. Right. right. So now you start, is this where you come into the idea of doing like your own production? Because explain the, the whole concept behind Skeleton Crew to the to the listeners. The
3: the concept behind Skeleton Crew, where what where it came from initially, because here's the thing: we're what Skeleton Crew is about is about telling stories that the three of us believe in. And it's actually the only rule we have about any project in this company. Is all three of us have to say we're, we have to do this movie? Cool.
2: The other thing is, is real quick. I'm yeah, please, no. It's like we love like pop. We love pop stuff. I mean, yes. being surrounded by all these books and like the figures and like we—that's us. Mm-hmm. Like we buy you know tons yeah. of stupid crap mm-hmm. and like tons of books and we have tons of autograph. Mm-hmm. I mean, we love pop culture and it's just kind of what we're embedded in which is why i i guess resonated with the script so much and going to the skeleton groove thing i think we want to make fun pop movies yes and we don't see there's not a lot of independent pop like you know yeah movies that are being made without a lot of fingers uh you know Mm-hmm. Being in that pie that continues.
3: <laughs> and,
1: and by the way, I'm,
2: Jesus, <laughs>
1: Brian, get your fingers. Wow. Out of the my
3: day, pie. the day, the day that I'm the clean one of this bunch. That's, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, no, the thing is, is that look, you know, we're a really cool juncture in in entertainment in in a couple of ways because, um, like, there's never been with with the rise of Marvel, there's never been a better time to be a geek, mm-hmm. like because those movies are being made lovingly and mm-hmm. the smartest thing that Disney did and the smartest thing is that they left Marvel alone yep. to be Marvel. And that's the genius is going no 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 let's let the guys who wrote the comics actually steer these stories. Yeah, people already like it. It's yes. proven. Right? Yes. It's an established Why, brand, don't with, with it. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. So, so right now for 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 big studio fair, it's the best time in the world to love to love this stuff. The problem is in the smaller stuff is where all of these hands get involved and where everybody go. Everybody has to justify their job, and that's kind of what Hollywood is. It's it's just a lot of people who want to keep working, and they need to show why they're employed. And so, it, look, it's you know Deb and I spent so much of our career. You know, nodding our heads when somebody was when the 19th person gave notes on a script, and you know, I just don't want that couch to be blue, it has to be red. And we're like, Great, it's red, Man. we'll make it yeah, red. Right. Great,
2: awesome. Well, and by, audiences have shown that red <laughs> yes. is but I'm telling you, <laughs> when they the go Black to the Wonder.
3: premiere and the movie's a success, that person goes, Couch is mine, <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's the whole reason the movie works. I, I'm telling you, that's, that's what that's what happens. It. And by the way, God bless them, I get it. Everybody wants their job to mean something right. in these things. I think all everybody wants to be a filmmaker. The problem is the number of people that actually should be filmmakers is a is a much smaller number than the people who want to be. Right. And and to bring it back to where we were coming from, and and I love what Brian said about, about pop culture. Here's the thing. When George Romero made Night of Living Dead. Everybody thinks of it as a zombie movie. And it is. It's a great zombie movie. And it's fun and it's wrong. And for its time period, it is sick as fuck. Mm-hmm. And by the way, forget its time period. Today, you watch that movie, you're like, God damn, mm-hmm. that's, that's raw. Here's the thing the guy was making a movie about the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he threw in the civil rights movement to boot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nobody thought they were getting fed that bunch of vegetables. They thought, we're going to a horror movie. This is just a fun movie. I'm just going to have a great time. And so for us, it was going, okay, there seem to be two different roots of horror movies right now. There's either sort of mindless, bloody, slash-em-up, okay?
1: Which has its place. Which is great, great. great. Mm-hmm.
3: which is all good. Or there's this sort of eat your vegetables brand of horror, which is this very, it's all very thoughtful, and every shot. like this and it's on screen for 45 seconds aren't you afraid (laughs) (laughs) and the audience is sold trailers that play it that do not play that brand of horror Mm -hmm. and people go to these movies so the fans go and feel totally ripped off Mm -hmm. the only reason they feel ripped off is because they were sold something that is not what they're looking at but critics go oh i mean do you see what they're doing they spend a minute and a half on that shot. That's the slowest shot I've ever seen. Four it's stars.
4: It's
3: ch- <laughs> five <stars. laughs> That's what it is. The, look, the slower the movie, the, the always the better the ratings. Always, as far as the critics are concerned. And so for us, it was like, look, we want to make movies that are thoughtful, that do have something to say. And look, Secret Santa is so chock full mm-hmm. of shit we want to say. Vegetables. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But it's in this awesome, like, chocolate shake yeah. of a movie. So you don't know you're eating any goddamn vegetables. You're, I mean, you're you're, you're having a big chocolate shake. And that's what we're trying to do, is make pop culture movies that actually have something to say so that people who want to think when they go to the theater can enjoy that. And people who don't want to, and they want to turn off their brains and watch some mayhem, we're happy to service those people.
1: And I'm sure Brian can talk about, we have three different... Levels yeah. Of the company. We have our higher budget films, our medium budget films. And then where Secret Santa comes out of is our Roger Corman-esque. Right. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Do, the,
2: I mean, I honestly, I told them, like, you know, I don't know how long it was ago, but I miss Monty Python. And, like, I love comedy, and comedy mm-hmm. in horror, comedy in action. I love horror movies too, but it's just like I miss the fun element in yeah. horror movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there, you know, back in the day, I mean, you would watch Nightmare on Elm Street. You laugh that's mm-hmm. the points in that movie. You're like, "This is hilarious," mm-hmm. but then it's also kind of sick and twisted. And that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of what I th- I hope that we've that audiences think that we've hit the the nail on the head. I think,
3: look, I think it's why, I think it's why the Friday 13th franchise is the longest running and the largest franchise of any of those franchises because they are pure goofiness. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so fun. You're going to summer camp and you're going (laughs) to see a bunch of teenagers have lots of sex and do all kinds of naughty stuff and then, in this sort of very weird Christian wrath of God way, they're all going to be murdered. Mm-hmm. I always love when the Christian right comes out against right I'm like, these are the most puritanical movies i made. <laughs> yes. Anyone does it. The only girl who lives is the virgin. Yes. Every time. Yes.
2: And God, God bless her. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Okay.
3: right. I'm like, we're doing the Lord's
1: work in these movies. Show these in church.
3: For goodness sake. But
1: our, our, our lower budget level, what we love about it is, besides the absolute total control of three type A personalities, <laughs> <laughs> but we get to work with the people that we want to work with, mm-hmm. and we keep our crews very minimal, mm-hmm. so that we can get as much accomplished as we want to and can. Yeah. As efficiently as possible. Nobody's sitting around. Yeah. Nobody's bored no, nobody's on, on our sets. Nobody's bored. Nobody's taking a break. And because, especially in Secret Santa, we used all of the actors from. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From Adam's class. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of which are very high-profile actors. Yes. Uh. Yeah.
3: No, I mean Michael Rady, who you know plays the the fiance, the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, Scumbag um, uh, fiance. Um, He uh, he's so funny uh, because he's so. We when we were writing it, we were totally trying to relate it to Hart Bachner's character in Die Hard. It's why he says, "I'm his white knight, Bubby." Bubby, yeah. 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 Uh, It's literally it's, it's 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 a tag to go no he's Hart Brockner in in Die Hard that's who he is this is just a young version of that guy Um, and and the thing is is that you know Michael is Michael just starred in the biggest movie that Hallmark has ever shown on their network really original film oh yeah yeah. Yeah. no Michael 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 has been top of show in five television series including the reboot of Melrose Place oh wow Michael's Michael's amazing so here's this guy who, and again, he's my next door neighbor and he wanted to work on his, on his acting skills. I started helping him with his auditions and then he came to my class a couple times was like, this is awesome. I'm in. And you know, eight months later, I was like, listen, got a part for you. Want to come?
1: And he was like, yes. Sir. Yes.
3: You, you're doing a horror movie? No, I'm there. We're, let's go. <laughs> like, how quickly can we go? And he, I was like, you want to read the script? He's like, I don't care. I don't care. Let's go. Let's go. Like, how do I die? So,
1: nice so skeleton crew is a family yes and that's that's the bottom line We all pitch in we all help each other everybody is up for and willing to do whatever needs to be done and it allows us to create in a fun environment
3: Well I, I, it's funny as I'm glad you said that because I was just about to go to say that you know when we first when we were we, we were having a, a production meeting at Cantor's, um and uh and I said to I said to Brian and to our first AD on the movie, I said, Look guys, I, I really want this I want the environment to be fun. And Brian was like, No. <laughs> and I'm like, What? He's like, No, no. This is business, it's a professional set. We're gonna and I was like,
4: Yeah, no,
2: I'm not saying I don't want it to be professional, but I want it to be fun. No. <laughs> no, this is true. I did say this because I've, you know, yes. I've worked with other directors. I mean, Adam and I worked, to, Deb and I had all worked together before. It was a different kind of a situation. Ooh. There were a lot of um, tears, yeah, tears, <laughs> and a lot, a lot of like names, Ball kicks. Yes. yes, in in this movie, and so. And since I'd worked with other directors right. who wanted to have a fun set, and it turned out to be a nightmare. A nightmare. Yes. Um, but you know, because it shouldn't
3: be a party. It shouldn't be. Yeah. It shouldn't be this thing that's sort of irresponsible. But here's the thing, especially for a comedy, and Secret Santa mm-hmm. is a comedy. You know, a very gory comedy, but a comedy nonetheless. We want the the. I want there to be that sense of camaraderie and fun on set because that keeps the energy up for what the actors are gonna do in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And the minute people get bored, as a director, that's my biggest nightmare because I spend my whole day kind of creating the party. And what's great is that if no one is bored and everybody's active and doing something involved and rehearsing constantly and running lines constantly, no one goes to a trailer. They're all on mm-hmm. set together all the time. It, it's a completely different environment, and you end up with this crackling energy that the audience feels. Yeah. they yeah. just don't know where it comes from. Yeah,
1: and you don't. And you don't end up with divas. And right. Difficult... There was
2: very, very little sleep.
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. You also get no sleep. Yeah. yeah. No and sleep.
3: No sleep. But we shot. Look, we, I mean, here's the thing: we shot the movie. In 11 11 nights, Mm -hmm. and continuous, right? Yes, continuous. There was no breaks. Eleven nights, one day, Um, pickups and things. The daylight scene Mm -hmm. uh, in the movie, and um, so we did all that. And I, I have to tell you, like, even though we left Big Bear. As exhausted as I've ever been. And by the way, we drove down the hill from Big Bear and I taught acting class the night I got back. Wow. <laughs> so I went 11 nights and then two days of acting class right after it. So I was not messing around. I tell you, I've never been happier in my life yeah. than those two acting classes. I was like, I was so high mm-hmm. from doing something that I totally, utterly believed in. And by the way, 11 nights, we, had, we started half a we were half a day late. Getting started because uh, there was a, a a six foot six feet so of many snow dumped on us. It's uh, the biggest. That's it's the, the biggest first. blizzard uh, that that they that Big Bear had in twenty years. On top of that, we lose all the electricity. Oh, oh, shit. oh yeah. it was we had, we had to put oh. the set together by the light of iPhones. I'm
2: not kidding. Uh, uh, not sure. only that, but then they changed the regulations. You could not. So they were stopping our cast and our crew as they were going up because you suddenly it was. You, it was legal you had to have chains on your tires to drive oh, yeah yeah I mean I, I'm not used to that like you know uh, <laughs> yeah that yeah. so we then we had to we had like our two-ton truck yes. that had all of our gear didn't have chains so it couldn't get to the house so then, then they put chains on it they were not wrong the regulation
3: chain the that
2: size
1: tire it So was... we couldn't get the Jenny mm-hmm. up there to run the electricity Whoa.
2: so we had to we had oh to get another God. truck run another truck have a team offload that truck onto another truck that did have the right chains on it already and then send it up and it was okay it passed
3: and by the way here's the thing and 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 here's the remarkable thing about it and and (laughs) (laughs) yes ryan still but wait but here's the the under under a different producer and this is why we work together under a different producer we would have been a day over we never would have gotten that first day shooting Mm -hmm. Because Brian and our line producer, our, our, our production manager Nicole Flores, because the two of them worked, I've never, I've never seen people work as hard as the two of them work to make this happen. Suddenly, I didn't lose a whole day; I lost half a day. Here's the incredible thing: because of the the way the set was built because of the way because of these people all know each other because there was a camaraderie because we were a team going into this rather than just a bunch of separate people we were back on track by the end of night two we had made up our our deficit by night three we were ahead oh wow yeah we finished two and a half hours early on the last day of shooting and I had gotten every single shot in the can. It's all there.
1: And the first uh. day when we got up there and there was no electricity, we had to prep the set. Yeah. It had to be done because no. the, the house that we were shooting at, uh, Pat Destro, the woman who plays my sister in the film, it was her and her husband's okay. house. And they have a lovely home, obviously, mm-hmm. but the beautiful carpet. And we're like, Gorgeous, this is like going to be plush. so bloody, you're not going <laughs> to ruin their carpet. So we had gotten plastic to lay down on top and then bought carpet to put on top of that. Oh. But we had to lay the carpet in the dark Uh-oh. with everybody using their iPhones and flashlights and anything we could find. Yeah. And Bob Kurtzman and his assistant Marsha pitched in and oh, yeah. everybody pitched in. It was in.
3: unbelievable. I mean, Any
1: actor that had made it up the hill that could.
3: Here's the thing. So, you know, and when I say family, I don't mean just like, oh, it's a bunch of the little rascals. Um, you know, Bob Kurtzman, who's the K of k effects. So mm-hmm. you have yeah, context for, you know, this guy is a legend. Um, Bob and I, uh, my first film when I, when I wrote and directed Jason Goes to Hell, Bob was my lead, uh, effects um, guy from mm-hmm. K&B. The K&B did the movie. So Nicotero was on set Howard Berger. Oh, Howard Berger's awesome. Um... But, uh, so Bob was my guy. And Bob and I just got along like a house on fire. The first day I met him was on the set of Army of Darkness. And it's when I met Sam for the first time, Sam Raimi. And it's when he gave me the Necronomicon for Jason Goes to Hell. And so Bob, um, Bob's like a brother to me for 25 years now. So when, when we finished the script and when Brian finally got to hear the script and Brian was like, we're doing it. I was like, okay, now we got to go get some fucking people that can make this movie with us. I called Bob who's in Ohio at that time. That's where shop is. And I'm like, look, I don't expect you to say yes. I absolutely expect you to say no. But I have this project. You're the only one I would offer it to first. Like I have to come to you first. So he's like, Ugh, send me the script.
4: <laughs> so I sent him the script.
3: I kid you not, a hundred minute la- minutes later, he calls me up and is like, I'm in. I'm in. This is amazing. I have to do this movie. I'm like, Bob, when I say I have no money, we have no money. He's like, yeah, can you fly me out? I was like, yes. Can you put me and my assistant up? Yes. I'm in. Doc, that's awesome. That's right. Yeah, but here's wow. what's incredible. Then I said, because I knew I had him out of the hook. I said, because Bob's a director. He directed Wishmaster as well, you know, and he's directed five other features. So I was like, Bob, um, listen, uh, I'm gonna have three cameras on set. You want to shoot B camera? And Bob's like, okay, now, now what do I got to do? I got to pay you to do this movie. <laughs> I was like are you kidding? Fuck yeah, I'm going to shoot the awesome. camera. So, in amongst doing all the effects in the movie, he had a camera on his shoulder the whole damn movie. Wow. Okay. So, it that's the kind of camaraderie, and, and again, it's also letting him know.
1: Yeah. Also, no, please. Because we were shooting in one house, um, Brian had arranged that we would rent the other two houses on the side of it because it was just that time of year when the it was after Christmas. And so most of the rentals up in Big Bear are empty. Right. Yeah. So we got them. So literally, we were all living together mm-hmm. throughout. Oh, and the we whole. got
3: snowed in, so no one could leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nobody could go anywhere. It was awesome. I was yeah. like,
1: luckily, we had amazing catering.
3: Yes, yeah. we had incredible catering. But uh, so just to say, nobody had to eat Curtis, so that's good. Nobody had to eat Curtis. No, uh, that, yeah. no, I mean, no. Yeah. But we would have because yes. <laughs> he's a tasty treat. He nice.
1: was for a while. Sure, really watch awesome. out! We, when
3: everybody week. started edging towards him, um, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You know what we're doing. Um, no, but here's the thing: he. Uh, <laughs> it 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 was a team of professionals who, for the first time in their careers, truly. And this is what Bob said to me when we were doing it. Um, there was one point, true story, day six, the the sun was coming up again the horrible sun Mm. was coming up and we're all leaving to go to our you know bedrooms and just like pass out for a few hours and Bob passes me in the hallway and I'm on the way to my bedroom he's going to go downstairs to the shop and he goes uh, he says uh, hey uh, come here I was like yeah what's up um I just want to tell you thank you I said dude were you kidding no thank you he goes no no man no, thank you. Cause you, you making me, you making me feel like what, it, what it's really like to be a filmmaker. I was like, are you serious? He's like, I'm, I've never had an experience
4: like this in my
0: life. That's
3: awesome. And he hugged me, and cried, like tears out of his. I was like. Bob Kurtzman, that's not Bob. I was like, I, I looked at him, I said, I don't want to break you. And I'm telling you, like, the bond just from doing this movie, the bond was even stronger between these people. This guy that I knew, I've known most of my life. And it's over the fact that we we were creating something that, um, look, every production from this point forward will aspire to have that tone on set. Yeah. You know, um,
2: and look, I, you know, we're... Well, we're, it will
1: have that tone on set because...
2: Right. I told... we make I, sure it does. Coming back to Bob real yeah, quick. Yeah, please. It just it just please. on that same topic. You know, just... He was in town just like a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I was fortunate enough to be able to see him for a couple hours. And, you know, they don't even know this, actually. They were inside. I They were getting their coats or whatever. Bob uh, was outside having a cigarette. And Marsha, we walk out. And, you know, and I say, you know, hey, Bob. And it, obviously, because of all of his help... You know, we gave him a couple of points on the movie and hopefully we'll be able to get him something in the back end. So I, I tell him, I'm like, we're, we're coming out with this movie now. We're really excited to finally release this so everybody can see. And we hope that people are going to like it. And he says, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's awesome. I'm really excited. I'm like, and hopefully we can get you, you know, some money for your points. He's like, Brian, I don't care about that, man. He's like, really, this was about this movie. And honestly, I just want people to see it.
0: That's yes. I mean, the guy is—he's wow. got a yeah.
2: heart of gold. Like he's yeah. so cool, yeah. And he and he put every bit of his blood, sweat, and tears—not only into the the effects, but into the camera work. Yeah, <laughs> like he's <laughs> on the floor. He's no, I mean, hanging over a
3: balcony. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Some, I mean, you guys have the disc. You should at some point take mm-hmm. a look at Naughty or Nice: The Making of the Movie, yes. which yeah. is on there. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a feature length documentary. It's seventy two minutes long. Oh wow. Oh yeah and yeah, yeah no, and it, I mean it's it's really the story of what happened up there. And Bob is interviewed all through, all the yeah. way through it. And I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. You guys should check it out. It's cool. It's uh, yeah. It's part of the Blu Ray package.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, go go,
2: please. Yeah, lot of question for you. Uh, you've got some really intense physical acting. Was there anything you needed to do to uh, prepare for that? Ah, it...
1: that's a, that's a wonderful question. Uh, actually, in um, Adam's class, Freddie, Freddie John James, who plays the chef, and mm-hmm. the. He was our stunt coordinator, and we have been working with Freddie for... Over 10 years. Over 10 years. Yeah, he's been
3: my stunt coordinator for about 10
4: years.
1: And he runs a class in in front of Adam's class every Wednesday night Mm -hmm. that is fight training. Oh, yeah. So all of us, for months ahead of time, once we knew we were making the movie and ready to go, Freddie got us all in shape. We worked at all the stunts. Everything was not. There was not a single injury on this no, movie. Not no, not a bump or a bruise. He is yeah. not so. Not cool. And Nate, Nate helped him and Jeff. Nate Clark, Hedrick,
3: who who's also in the film, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, Nate who plays the lunatic Jackson, yeah. and Jeff Carr, who's one of the army soldiers in that last section of the movie in the in the credits. The, the, the credits Both of them did assistant. Were assistant stunts, and Nate Hedrick. Um, does the Universal stunt show every day, eight times a day? Oh yeah. wow! So, so he's we, doing all the high falls. So we
1: all, all did all of our own stunts mm-hmm. and just had a ball. And yeah, I I I don't think I've ever been in as good a shape as I was when we made no, that movie. No, it's really true. Dear God, we need to make another movie. I need to get back in shape. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but the, the
3: the the Fight Club we've been running that for over five years now. So I mean, all of my actors are are ready to go with any of this stuff. And look, even, you know, like Ryan Seaton, who you would not immediately think, like, she's going to do stunts. No, she did her stuff. Mm -hmm. The only thing that Ryan didn't do was the high fall. Another student did the high fall. Oh, wow.
1: Who was a professional stuntwoman. Yeah. Yeah. But even that, I mean, Freddie did the fall first to make sure that everything was safe, safe, that everything was good to go. And she was spotted. She was we did that
2: life. one time that fall yeah I've uh, we had multiple meetings about that beforehand because I've been on a couple sets where I yeah. have seen people's back break oh, and, yeah like people almost die and Ooh. lose can, like they can't walk anymore wow. yeah I've been on that on those sets and it's not something that I want to ever live through again yeah. so it was I mean pretty is is the man he's yeah. the real deal did it. Yeah, he did it right.
3: And he's a great actor. So it's like, I've got this guy who's so talented and funny and charming. And, oh, by the way, he's also a brilliant stunt coordinator. What
0: What is, so, I mean, I don't know. I know when major studio pictures have like the, the insurance bonding and stuff mm-hmm. like that for, you know, in case somebody breaks their mm-hmm. back, right? Yeah. So what is the insurance, like, how does that translate to Skeleton Crew, how you guys do it? I mean, we have we have insurance just
2: like anybody else, right? Yeah. Right,
0: but I mean, like, is we're fully we're fully bonded, fully, bonded. fully bonded. Right.
2: Full, well, well, we're, we're not, not bonded. We don't have a yeah. we don't have a bond company because there's no need, right? Okay. We, were, we we didn't have any bank financing, right? Thankfully, it was all uh, cash, okay, so makes you know our lives a lot easier, a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and the insurance company, um, it basically I would walk through everything with Freddie to make sure there wasn't any actual physical. Um, you know, as long as, yeah, people aren't in danger, then Mm -hmm. they're okay. And again,
3: I mean, that, like the, the high fall is the, is the scariest stunt, but there, I mean, we, we had 20 to 30 stunts every day on the film. Oh yeah. Easy. At least. And I mean, Freddie, before Anna did that high fall and it's in the documentary, you'll see it. Freddie did the high fall first. Yeah. It was like, I'm not letting any. Stunt person do anything that I haven't tried first to make sure it's safe and that everybody's gonna be okay. And that's like the confidence that comes, here's the thing, there's not one person on my set ever worried or afraid something's gonna happen to them. It doesn't happen. Because it's all been proven and tested on mats in a completely safe environment
2: over and over and over again. They actually... And they had invited me to a couple of sessions where I watched what was going to happen. And they were like, okay, this is the scene. These are going to be the stunts that are being done. And I would watch it. And it's like, most of the time, they're not even like coming into contact. There's no actual physical yes. Right, Right, right. Yeah. And you... You know, the viewer is just a camera trick, mm-hmm. and it's like, ah, you know, that's it's fine. But yeah, the end, the high fall—that was my mm-hmm. biggest concern. Okay, mm-hmm. um, that that big drop because that's a substantial drop. It yeah. doesn't look like it, but it is. I, it looks like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I don't it it like heights. Nice. like it's yeah.
0: it's pr- it's a big drop, and the way you shoot it too, I feel like yes. you really get get it across. it like that is, it's kind of a big deal. Yes. You know? It's a big deal. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. Yeah.
5: Anyway, I, just, okay. I have a Follow up question for that for you on that. And um, when you were saying that um, you didn't want a fun set, is that kind of part of it? Like worrying about injury yeah. and also the possibility of going overtime? Because if people, I mean, you know, I think we've all seen like the Hal Needham films of the 70s and things like that where, you know, they have these huge, most of the credits are the people just laughing at the lines where you're just spending so much time laughing that, you know, how are we going to get anything done? That's it. But and also, I, I mean,
2: you, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's I didn't want people like being so relaxed that they're just having fun all the time, making jokes, cracking, and then we're off topic. We're not getting the shots that we need. And I I was like, if we're not making he knows this if we're not making our days by the end of day two. Then we're gonna have a huge conversation about this, and shit's gonna change. And Adam's like, that conversation is never gonna happen. You watch, it's never gonna happen, and it never happens.
0: Well, and especially if everybody's in the trenches, right? I mean, yes. And so that's like going back to what you said about everybody's helping out, and you, you're building this. You call it a crackling energy, mm-hmm. and it's it's very much in the movie. I mean, right, yeah. the movie you get set up, and then like it escalates fairly quickly, not too fast, right. you know. But once that happens. It's not just the energy of what you're seeing and the editing and and as, you know, all these things are escalating and the rhythm of it, but it's there's just another energy behind all that, I feel like. And now, like, I know, and I kind of suspected that you, because mm-hmm. I knew you shot over the course of a couple days, and I kind of suspected that it was very much like, okay, you know, we need to get it done. And it also looks like a fun, I mean, you guys... Sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, I'll bet this was so fun to shoot. And yeah. it, this looks like it. It, it was. was. I just was the,
1: and I'll, I will toot my husband's horn here because... Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Phrasing, I know. I, I really have to stop. Anyway. Oh, oh, okay. My husband is, um, besides being an excellent director, he's a wonderful people manager. And he, know, he demands a certain professionalism from his actors, and they all understand that. They all know what's expected of them. So by the time everybody got up there, we all knew our lines. So there wasn't any of that messing around. Mm-hmm. And then we would, we'd get up around two, two yeah. in the morning, or two, two in, in the afternoon, afternoon, stumble over to the breakfast, <laughs> eat a little something. We'd have like an hour to ourselves at four p.m everybody who was in the next scene or whatever we were shooting that night, sit around the table, glib our lines, glib our lines. With me. With him.
3: So we would run rehearsal while lighting was happening, while everything was getting going. The whole cast around a table in another house, completely different space, Mm -hmm. right? But the same kind of table setup, which I made sure we had exactly the same kind of seating arrangement. Mm -hmm. And we would run everything there... So that the minute that the sun went down, right. about 5 p.m., we're on set shooting. Right.
1: We'd, we'd break from that. We'd go get makeup and hair, which we all did our own. hmm And then, boom, we're on set and we're shooting. So there wasn't, there wasn't any playing around. No. We just had fun mm-hmm. doing We just had fun working. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. well, he... he I mean yeah.
5: yeah oh well it sounds like you're you're a director who like tells people that, like what you want mm-hmm. I mean I, 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 for some reason it's sticking my head but oddly enough, a movie that what well, Criterion made a, co- a collection of was uh, the rock and I, I made the mistake of watching the outtakes on it one mm-hmm. time I don't know if you've ever seen it they're bizarre so yes good. there's yes. this one where <laughs> he's you losing know, all control yeah yes where i forget um <laughs> the one who plays general hummel but like the director wasn't getting the intensity he wanted so they show you the first take of him and he's supposed to be answering this phone like this is general hummel from the rock and then he's like cut go again and like then they fast forward you they get you to take four and then they go black screen Take 50. Yeah. And so it comes to take 50 and there's, it's Ed Harris. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this is General Holman from the Rock. Fuck, fuck. And he's just like slamming the phone into the table. And you can hear the director going, good, go again. And you're like, why didn't you just tell him you wanted it more intense? Right. Instead he was just forcing him to get into this weird anger and then go, that's what I want. Go. And you're like,
0: Jesus. You know,
3: you know, I think that comes from, the romanticizing of guys like Kubrick, who I love. I was just thinking that. Right? I adore Kubrick. I mean, I adore him, right? And I and his madness, let's say, let's take The Shining because it's the easiest example, but the Clockwork Orange works just the same. Um, he tortured Shelley Duvall. Mm-hmm. He didn't kind of torture her. He didn't, you know, uh, uh, intimidate her just to get a... No. He tortured the poor woman to get a performance that was madness. And she looks insane yeah. in that movie. She does. Mm-hmm. She looks like oh, she's yeah, completely yeah. off her rocker. And that took 120 takes going backwards up a stairs, swinging a bat at Jack Nicholson coming at her, okay? <laughs> by the way, you guys do know that like, by take 76, she was no longer screaming, stay away from me, Jack. Get away from me, Jack. Stop it, Jack. She's screaming, stay away from me, Stanley. Get away from me, Stanley. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's on film. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. So, but here's the thing. With Kubrick, you get it. Like, he, he captured things on film that nobody captured, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, amazing. When you hear of directors today who do it, yeah. okay? And let's not even just pick on Michael Bay, because it's too easy. Um, <laughs> but, but, if you pick, but, but there's so many people that do this same thing, mostly because they have so much money and so much time to do these movies, yeah. Where now it's like, I'm going to be like Kubrick. No, you're not. Or Herzog and Kinsey. Right, McKinsey. right, yeah. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, right. I'm going to drive my actor into this performance. Right. Well,
1: you I'm know? And think... they, I mean,
3: Wells never had to have 150 bucks <laughs> <laughs> It didn't happen. Because yeah. he knew how to talk to people.
1: I also think it comes down to a respect for your director. And I think a lot of names, if they don't think that the director is... On their level or
3: above,
1: mm-hmm. they'll fuck with them. Sure, um, and you know,
3: there's a lot of power plays that happen. And by the way, there look most actors, most big actors are terrific and easy to work with, and want to want to do the job. It's very easy to like kind of poke fun at, 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 at you know at some at some of these these big people. But you know, the truth is, you don't hear bad stories about George Clooney, right, right, or Brad Pitt, or Tom Cruise, who's like the most professional guy on planet, Earth, or Keanu Reeves, right. You know, or Meryl Streep. Like, you don't hear bad stories about them because there's nothing to tell, you know? We hear the stories about like the lunatics and there are definitely those people out there. Um, but but there's there there's almost always gonna be a power struggle. And, it, and I think at a director's job, I think, is creating an atmosphere. I think it's more important than anything else. I think if there's an atmosphere that feels supportive, even though there's a job to be done and a goal to hit, but if an actor feels supported and if an, and look, the other problem is a lot of directors now come out of film school and I came out of film school and I I had a great, I love my film school. Brian and I both went to NYU. I mean, I love my school. But there were 43 classes in lenses and film stock, which went the way of the dodo, and cameras. There was one class in working with the actor. One, I took it seven times. Oh, wow. Because, I'm sorry, that's your actual job. Yeah. Yes, do I know all my lenses? Absolutely. Do I know when to slap a 50 on? Absolutely. Do I know when I want a shallow focus? Of course I do. I'm the one who's going to set the frame of the shot. And I love when people say the cinematographer does that. No, they don't. The director sets the frame. The cinematographer lights the frame gives the frame depth, gives the frame a a, a visual emotion. But the director sets the frame. So I know all of that language, but you can learn that pretty damn quickly. The thing that takes time to learn is how to talk to a performer. And they have a language that is so built on 20 years of study. They go to schools. They go to conservatories. They have this whole other background. And I never understand a director who doesn't want to understand that language. I don't understand a director that doesn't take acting classes. You don't have to be a good actor, but you have to know how to talk to actors. They're the ones who are... They're your, they're your paint. That—that's You're the brush. They're the paint. That's the only way you're going to tell your story is through those performances. You know, it's been said a million times by much greater filmmakers than myself, but, you know, the most powerful shot in a movie is a simple close-up. There's nothing more powerful. I, you can show me vistas. You can show me b- beautiful locations around the world. And you can even show me incredibly expensive cars. Just <laughs> <out> <laughs> to Brian's heart, I love expensive cars. <laughs> he Really, just he, <laughs> he does. We we have a movie. We have a movie that we're working on right now that is literally car porn, and we nice. wrote it specifically for Brian. A- action uh, car movie. I mean, it, it is a car is. movie. He <laughs> loves car movie. Uh, but here's the thing: the the simple emotion on an actor's face, if you can capture. An honest moment, even in a movie like Secret Santa, an o- honest moment from an actor's face is the most extraordinary thing that can happen. And look, you know, the the, the scene that Drew Lynch has in the center of the film. Mm-hmm. Okay? Oh, yeah, Which I will yeah. not give away any of the, the secret of that. But but there is a freak out that, that uh, a wonderful comedian and actor, Drew Lynch, um, uh, who was a, a big deal on America's Got Talent a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, he, uh, he has this, this meltdown. And again, you know, it's a medium shot of this guy having a meltdown. It has gotten an applause break at almost every single screening of the movie. Mm -hmm. People just burst into applause. And that is simply writing and an actor interpreting those words.
1: And that was the hardest scene for us to keep a straight face. Yes. And if you look at the outtakes, you'll see that we were not successful every time. No, (laughs) That one was tough. He was just
0: no, so, so is it yeah. great? Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Multiple yeah. takes, or did you eventually have to like start editing around people <laughs> bursting into laughter?
3: No, no, we we we. Uh, what I did was I had Drew perform the scene a couple times before cameras went on at half at half level. Because I did, he was losing his voice. Mm-hmm. He had horrible laryngitis during the, during the shooting of the movie. He got really sick. Oh, that sucks. You can
2: pick that way more up on the behind the scenes. Yes. Okay. In his interview, he's like, We're talking like this. It's like, yeah, it's like Brenda Vaccaro came down, down. like <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's
3: like ridiculous. And then he really brought it on set. So I had him go, not full bore. This one, because he's screaming right in her face. I lost it. She lost it so spectacularly, but everybody had the giggles. Everybody went through what they went through, and then it was okay. Like, then, if you let people really have the laugh, and go through the laugh, and do that, when you start shooting for real, yeah,
2: you're, you're pretty right. much okay. But, but there are a lot of cuts in the movie. Yes, there are. <laughs> I was just going to say, I did, I did notice uh, one, one scene in there with... Um, with
0: with Eddie and Drew. Yes. And uh, just over the shoulder in the corner, in the corner there, I see uh, just Freddie just trying to stifle. Yes. A little yeah. smirk yeah. in there.
2: Yeah. They're when, when He pulls off he gets his composure back. You know. But Absolutely. Just, just a, I'm like,
3: I didn't notice that the first time I saw that. But. During uh, during the dinner table sequence, which is uh, an oh, 18 yeah. page scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh It's the it's the biggest scene I've ever shot, and we shot it in, in one night. That scene. Um, it's the most pages I've ever shot in a day Jesus wow. uh, yeah it was crazy um, we uh, so we're, we're shooting that scene John Gilbert um, who who is uh, who is brilliant as the father of the, of the family Leonard Pope um, and John has had a wonderful career he's, he's an amazing actor uh, I've been working with John for probably about 10 years now and um, and so John uh, is also the executive producer of the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and uh, John was having trouble with, uh, we had written him a series of expletives that he has to kind of say in a quick succession and he really just couldn't wrap his head because he doesn't speak like this this mm-hmm. is not a guy who like throws cuss words around and so it was a stream of consciousness cuss words so it, he kept stumbling and I finally just said, John fuck it, say whatever you want I don't care, we're going to keep shooting it, I'm going to shoot it from multiple angles just say what you want to <coughs> say so he truly it's some of the only words in the movie that are not exact to the script. The script is it, the script is 98% exactly what's on what's on screen is the actual script. Stuff that feels like it's improv it's in the script. So John starts doing that whole diatribe of mm-hmm. horrible words around yeah. it's mm-hmm. the first thing in the movie where you go something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. When he got to forgive me cunt singing everyone at the table started to lose it but they all wanted desperately not to lose it if you watch there's a wide shot of that moment okay where I pull back if you watch Michael Rady is he he goes he his big smile and he turns away from camera and his shoulders start going like this Curtis Fortier covers his face with his napkin. Drew Lynch doesn't even try not to laugh. He is just fully <laughs> laughing in frame, as is A. Leslie Kyes. The only person not laughing at all is Ryan Seaton. Wow. She's just eating her food. <laughs> she is not laughing at... She is... It's a... I was like, Ryan, you were... And by the way, the minute I turned off the camera, she burst into laughter. Wow. But she, on, on, while that camera was going, she was not going to break. That's but great. it's right in the movie. You will literally see people break in the movie. Because again, there's an energy to that yeah. that I'm not going to take away from the, from right. the viewer. It's got to be there. There's that sense of like something mischievous and naughty, always.
1: Well, and the other thing is, we had three cameras rolling at all times. Yeah. So we were getting different angles. Yeah, you've got a bunch of coverage that you can play so much with, cover, right? yeah. But perhaps brian would like to talk about his his experience when you first got the footage and
2: uh well so i mean because uh, we you know we had this tight schedule there were three cameras rolling we didn't know uh, how things were looking because we didn't have time to check the gate no. or no. replay back, whatever. We did it for the very important scene, Right, and uh, Jason would get, like, a frame
3: and show us the frame and go, like, that's the, you know, that's the, yeah. that's the digital information. And I'd be like, okay, moving yeah, on. Moving on. Next. Yeah.
2: But I would take all of this footage back and just get it into DIT so that we could see everything is there. And so, because I've had issues with, like, Dead pixels or like you right. know things dropping, you know, because there's always these post nightmare problems mm-hmm. that happen. and um, Knock on wood, everything turned out okay. Um, a Jew knocking on wood's bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. Got yeah, to
4: have Explain Come that on. to me
3: once. Yes. Anyway, Merry Christmas, everybody.
2: Ho Knock on the cross. Yeah. Um, but uh, it it was a lot to check because we had so much damn footage uh, and. Uh, needless to say, all of this stuff was happening so quick on set, and it would be rushed to DIT. And we would have to not only be working during the day, but also working at night for right. DIT to catch up for you know, the amount of cards they're using. Because So Brian was overseeing the guy who was doing the DIT. So he had to
3: literally keep on that to make sure that this was all good. But here's the problem. He's not
2: sleeping. I was not sleeping at all. Wow. I, I wasn't sleeping at all. Like literally for eleven days straight, he did not sleep. Oh no, I, there was a moment where I was like Yes, I, I, I'm done. Yes. So I had to after like four days of yes. not sleeping, I'm like, I got I have to have like four or five hours, just give me a break. Mm-hmm. So I cut and then went right back into another mm-hmm. anyway. But yeah, the footage was insane. Hmm. Insane. And because when you're working that fast, if you're not checking you know all your footage when you get it and to make sure it's it's okay, um, and There's that some surprises down the line. Right, right. right. Well, if...
3: more more importantly, we're the the reason we bought the carpeting, we bought and did everything the way we did it. We we were destroying as we went. The movie is shot almost entirely in sequence, mm-hmm. so. Because we had to, because yeah, We had couldn't to. reset. Right
0: right, so right, 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 right. You <laughs> break the
3: chair, <laughs> chair's broken. There's not a second chair waiting, waiting somewhere, right? For us. Yeah. yeah, You know, if there's not a carpentry the,
2: team. To the yeah, OxyClean. Right, yeah, but, right. So Scrum blood out. hits. That's the blood. The craziest thing for me was the exterior shit. <laughs> Oh, so good! This is my favorite story. Because you would think that that would be so easy to do with you know three cabins beside a lake. You have all this property. There was no woods. Where it's just snow woods, and you could just get grab a vista. What you saw where Nate's like kind of off focus in the background, kind of like looking for them, and they're behind the tree. Mm -hmm. That shot at that location. But the problem was is to get them out into woods. We couldn't do it at that location, which yeah. was a pain in the ass. Oh, wow. Because I wanted to keep it there on, on site, you know, because it, it requires know. a move. Like, it had to require a move. So, whatever, day 10 it was? Day 11, day, it was day last day. Day 10 or 11, The yeah. first
3: half of night 11 was spent off site at another location. We
2: had to find another house with a huge plot of land, forest, and snow that was down the road. The roads, by the way, horrible conditions. Impossible I could to drive. barely get to, yeah. you know, a block away. We had people's cars parked in the driveway, and what you don't think is the the uh, the way that the 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 driveway is sloped from the top of the hill down to where these houses are. People would put their parking brake on, and somebody just you'd hear them scream. So-and-so's car's sliding down oh, the hill! Wow. Oh, yeah. And we were like, what? So everybody would have to run out and, like, grab catch, the car. And, like, like catch the car, catch before, the car the before it lake. goes to Big Bear Lake. Because we're right up. on Big Bear Lake. Yeah. Yeah. These wow. things were actually happening. Yes. Like, And we had Melissa, our caterer, hurt. She didn't have... Um, she had chains on the front
3: yes, of her car, on the back. but on
2: the back. So she parked with... Uh, for some reason, she parked the... Like, she didn't go down she backed Back in and so for her to leave became this huge ordeal she just slammed on first gear and her tires are spinning so fast sparks are flying oh yep. wow and off the like, chains yeah and, and it was so insane. we had to have a group of people then like push, her, push her up, this up hill. the hill oh, wow. but it's yeah.
3: literally like this this yeah. is the
2: yeah. hill yeah. but getting to that other location was a feat in itself and yeah. then we had to have a crane for that you know yes. the, for the light because yeah. we have to have a moon you can't see anything without a moon and you mm. gotta have serious oh, light yeah, for yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. Yeah. and even though it looks so easy and very simple like Nate well, to your your that credit. head you know it's, it's all a, of your credit. the logistics I mean, of figuring that it's out it's a nightmare it's not, yeah, yeah. yeah see we
1: thought you were gonna tell the story of cleaning up the blood <laughs> no <laughs> cause, cause that's my favorite though. story ever <laughs> well uh, oh, that's Thomas in the dock clean up I the mean the I don't, don't want to
2: ruin the dock
1: well, there's,
0: oh, yeah that is true okay. the dock, but yeah, go, well this, this going is going just on? a teaser for the dock so right. that's why you gotta go out and pick it up so you can see the Spirit.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> and you gotta yeah, watch it more used...
1: than once so you catch all the exactly. stuff you missed the first time <laughs>
5: well yeah. I just had a couple things that, yeah. um, before we get too far away from sure, it please. But to go back to that the the scene and he, he has that great moment um I think the way like Drew like, or uh, John. John, okay John. Th- th- when that plays out, yeah. I think they're like, even though, even if you're a member of the audience, you that, notice that. Yes. I think it works because yes. it's, you could just interpret it as nervous giggles. Absolutely. Oh yeah. You could yeah. just That's, interpret it as like, because right. I've been in this situation before where like, I, I have that. I have a, I have a, I have a, um, I forget what it's called, but like that weird, like, graves giggle, like, a yes. nuisance giggle where, like, you know, things get nervous and all start going, yes, that's me. Mm-hmm. People are like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, this I don't know is what else to do. I don't know how else to Debra and
3: I literally just celebrated our 20th anniversary of being married. Oh, Congratulations. Thank right. you. Thank you. Um, which means I've spent 20 years <laughs> Of every time I have been injured in any way, being laughed oh, at.
1: <laughs> I can't help it. The, worst okay.
3: the The worse the injury, the bigger the laugh. Oh, I can't um,
1: help it. <laughs> I
3: think that's I the. I I grew up with that. With that's Was when weird. we were coming back from Big Bear. We were from the shoot.
1: We're you didn't know this from story. Shoot. No, I this. We're coming back from the shoot, and the dogs are with us. We have our two dogs with us, and
3: who were on set the entire movie
1: Yeah. And they are. They, it's been a long trip, and they. I'm driving, and they both want to sit on Adam's lap. And Ollie's a Chihuahua. He's a, but Dodger is
3: a, an Aussie Shepherd. An Aussie <laughs> Shepherd.
1: He's like thirty five pounds. So they're both sitting they're both on, on, on my
3: lap while we're in the car. And I'm driving.
1: I'm like, oh. And the Adam's leg starts to cramp. And he's like, ah, my leg! My leg! But, and I see what he's laughing so A pain like, a pain,
3: like, so a pain like <laughs> I've never had in my life. It was <laughs> agony.
1: And I'm oh. like, okay, do you want me to pull over? And he's like, no, just go. Just go. because get ready. us to the house. <laughs> we're on the
3: 105. We're
1: almost home. And she and is like, She's you know, crying. I'm, not, laughing I'm so like, hard. I'm like, just don't laugh just don't laugh he's like you're laughing aren't you you're laughing at me aren't you and, like, and the
3: dogs are still on me like what's up oh
1: my god
5: yeah I, and it's pretty funny honestly,
1: it is funny don't, don't encourage her <laughs> well you
5: know spe- speaking of laughter that was going to be my second question ah. just to, uh, towards you um, as being the, the one actor in the room but I getting to say those things <laughs> How much fun was it to get to say those kind of things to someone? And how much what fun was it to be, play almost like a villain?
1: It was, I have to say, playing Shari Pope was the best time I've ever had in anything that I've ever shot. It's my favorite part. And it's 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 very conflicting because it is fun to say that kind of stuff because you know it's not really you and and it's nothing you would ever say in life. But I still felt guilty. And I still felt horrible about saying it. Especially the, the racial things. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And I luckily I know these People very well. They are family, but I would still I would go up to Freddie and go, Freddie. I'm so sorry. I said that. It's it's Adam's fault. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I never apologized
3: to anyone. That was one of his lines. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That was
1: one of Adam's lines. No, no. Uh, I just I had a blast. I had a blast, and and I, I mean, my character's just so horrible, but she's based on so many people that I've known in my life which is really really kind of sad and uh, it was just such a blast to play it's it's very freeing to play a villain plus I have to say lately yeah my husband.
3: All I, yeah, all I write for you is, are horrible, horrible women. <laughs> um, horrible, horrible women. It's because you laugh at me every time I get. <laughs> it. That's it. That's so it. do you take your medicine. Uh, um, but no, here, here's the thing: that the, there was um, the one thing in the movie that uh, I had to warn an actor about before we even read the script. Before I gave the script to the actor, was to Ryan Seaton. Because I said, Ryan, there are going to be things that are said to you. Because all the stuff that's said, it, it, it's all horrible things to say. But it's not really about the person that's it's playing not, right. the role. It's not it's a not personal person. thing. Right. Okay. Right. With Ryan, I was like, look, Ryan is a bigger actress. She's a plus size actress. So I, I said to her, I said, Ryan, there are things that are going to be said in this movie that you're going to be offended by like there's no way to get around it you will be and it's gonna hurt to hear this stuff because it's gonna be in a horrible way more accurate than anything else we're writing in the movie and being someone who's had weight issues his whole life i don't want her i didn't want her to feel that that's a personal attack (laughs) because it's not and i will tell you again total that. Like she was like, I get it, no problem, I own it, it's all good. And I will tell you my favorite moment, and it goes back to what we are talking about about kind of the giggling on set and when that can be incredible in a a scene. There's the moment, um, and and it's it's kind of like a moment where the the bottom drops out for a moment for the audience. It's amazing, because people are laughing and rolling with the insults, right? And you get in this groove, and then Deborah makes a comment about Ryan's size no Char- Shari. I'm sorry right right. I'm sorry Shari, makes Shari. It forgive, me. Um, so forgive me I thought Deb said it herself, I thought so too yeah that's so weird uh, <laughs> that was like an ad lib I didn't that wasn't even a script Shut no, up, here's the thing uh, so so Shari says this horrible thing about Ryan's size and, about Penny's size and um, and in every audience we've ever been in there's an audible gasp and it's amazing because all the other shit that people have been saying right yeah nobody's getting nobody's getting upset they're enjoying it it's titillating it's fun and that happens and the room's just just, and I mean the room goes silent every time but here's my favorite shot of the whole movie and I'm not exaggerating it's my favorite shot there's a shot of the woman who plays Deb's sister Pat Destra who's just brilliant and she is laughing to herself and for me that moment is akin, as a director, where my head went with it is um, when Reagan is laughing over the body of Father Marin when he's dead. Oh. And that's literally what I wanted in that moment. And Pat and I talked about that. And so she has this moment, this sort of delightful, gleeful hatred and evil, yeah. but it's a smile, it's a laugh. And for me, that sums up the, the, the bitterness of the movie, the, the, the thing, that, that sort of insidious evil, um, where, look, Secret Santa could have been a movie about a freaking Santa Claus with an ax. Like, you know, that's easy, easy peasy, done. See, I have no interest in that story. The interest that I have is in the actual evil in people. The thing that, that look, we all go to Christmas every year. All of us go to Christmas, we all go spend time with family, And when we're leaving, we all go, why, why, why do I never learn? They're going to be horrible to me every time. And we never learn this lesson. Somehow we go, next year will be better. And we go again. And it's like, no, they're the same jackasses. It's the same group of people.
5: Yeah. It's funny um, that you would say that. Because I looked at him about, like, even after that first outburst in the dinner sequence. And I went... Wow. This is... I, I've too been close at din- to I home. have been <laughs> at dinners like this. We're incredibly close to I have from. been oh, at dinners like this. Like, I, I, don't, don't get me wrong. I love my grandmother. Yes. <laughs> Loves right. this woman to death. I'm going to go see her on Saturday. She yep, is 90 years old. But I swear to you, she is the master of passive aggressiveness. And it never fails that I will see her and she will say something to the effect of like, Oh... Raymond, are you okay? Uh, you look, I don't know. Have you gained weight? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I have, Grandma. Oh, okay. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I am fine. Yeah. And the thing is, is that she does it in such a way that, like, you just, it feels like concern. Right. But then it also feels like you just, you feel the slap too. Yeah and she's just a master of it like I had an aunt she's passed away now again I'm not speaking bad about the dead. I mean good you know I hope she's in a good place but the (laughs) woman every time I saw her was like oh Raymond you look a little thick and I always oh. to stifle myself from saying like, and you look a little short. Because <laughs> she was five feet tall and had four, four inch hair. And I always had to stifle myself from being like, and you're tiny? <laughs> but we don't bring that up, do we? <laughs> you midget. Yeah. But you know, it's just like that
3: scene it makes just says. You know, it makes you think of uh, Mel Brooks in History of the World Part 1. Where someone goes when when uh, when someone says to Bill Brooks, "You, you look like the piss boy," <laughs> yeah, and you look like a bucket of shit. <laughs> it's totally the right response to anybody who says some shit like that to you. You yeah. look like a bucket of shit.
5: Yeah, <laughs> it stops them dead. They don't know what. The, uh, oh, huh? But yeah, until I mean, until it really gets wacky, you just figure it's just a, a family who's really getting honest with each other, and you're like, ooh. Yeah, like why is this the year me. where every all the dams
0: come open and everything comes out, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: <laughs> well the other thing, look, the you know, the, the
3: fact that the movie is centered around the idea that, you know, one daughter of this family is trying desperately in her recovery, mm-hmm. you know, because she's an alcoholic, to make amends and to make it positive. She's desperately trying to bring her family together and make things good. And someone else has literally made the absolute other decision. Yeah, yeah. And one of those things is going to win, and it's a horror movie, so we know which one, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and look, your family uh, always knows how to push your buttons because they're the ones who installed them. Oh, dude, <laughs> that's amazing. That that's is amazing. What it is, and that's what the movie was based on. That's literally the phrase the movie was based on.
2: Uh, my next question to you guys is, what's on the horizon? know. Hmm. Yeah you want to hear what's going on with Skeleton through Nets? There's, uh, there's a few. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we brought up the the expensive cars yes. situation. Yes. Um, that's been in the works for a while. Yeah. That's kind of a bigger movie, mm-hmm. um, which we are still working on mm-hmm. and keep working on. Um, but it'll happen. Yeah. Uh, the other... We've got... There's so many things uh, as far as the, the like low and mid. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really cool project that again i'm very excited to read or hear for the first time <laughs> i've been waiting i've been hearing a lot about this movie so i'm excited just like you guys it's called fat camp massacre Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, it,
3: it is for uh for oh. people of size what get out was for african-americans oh wow That's what it is it is, it's a fuck you they, to body dysmorphia and to, uh, and to the, the the last thing that people can just say to people's faces. It's extraordinary. Like we, we have become such a PC culture about everything but one fucking yeah, thing. Yep. And it is amazing the way kids are tortured over this yep. and, and made to feel less than and no one wants to actually deal with the root cause of why someone might overeat or why they, they, they find solace in, in food. We have all kinds of like sympathy for people who are alcoholics, people who are drug addicts, and we should. We should have sympathy for people like that. We absolutely should. Anyone who's got a problem, there should be someone there to, to, to put out a hand and help them up. Here's the, here's the difference, okay? An alcoholic cannot be around alcohol. You can remove alcohol from your life entirely and you can survive without mm-hmm. alcohol. Mm-hmm. A drug addict does not have to have a, you know, Scarface size uh, 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 of cocaine mountain on their desk. You don't have to have it. You can remove it from your life and survive. A person with eating issues has to eat every day or they die. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is this extraordinary problem that no one wants to actually deal with in a way that helps anyone. So. The, and the bullying is, like, out of control. So the, the, the project was brought to us by, um, by three actresses, actually, who've been working in the industry for forever, and they're all quite extraordinary. Um, and uh, this one young woman, Lindsay Hollister, um, she wrote the script. And um, she wrote the initial draft of the script. And, uh, and, it's, and, they're all,
1: and they're all women
3: of a size. Of a size, and uh, Lindsay, um, if you guys have ever seen, I'm sure you've seen the remake of Get Smart, the, the mm-hmm. Steve Carell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Remember when he tangos with the large girl? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's her. Oh, okay. Okay. That's the girl okay. who wrote the, the initial draft of the movie. And um, she had this incredible idea that she's a new screenwriter. It was her, really her first script. And it was like, Deb and I, we, we, we heard the name and we're like, okay, just give us, yeah. We're, yeah. In. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're in. Like, we're in. But we read the script and we're like, here's what was so funny. And it's why the two of us were sort of the perfect people to, to kind of meet this, this woman. It had no balls on it. Like she wanted to tell this thing that was such a rally cry and it was safe. And, we, and when you talk to her, she's mm-hmm. abrasive and funny and smart and just, just awesome lady. And I'm like, Lindsay, you're, you're not on the page. Like you're not in this yet. And until you are, there's no movie to make. Like, we got a great title and a great idea, but you have to challenge yourself to be honest about the way you feel and say the things that you feel about all of this. And so we've been workshopping for about a year. Deb and I are now doing rewrites She, she with went her. back
1: and did a rewrite and got yep. much closer, and now we're
3: We're, we're doing a final pass on it. And uh, and I'm telling you, guys, it's, uh, it, it has a scene in it. I'm not kidding. It has a scene in the movie that is the single most grotesque, hideous, terrifying, upsetting thing we've ever put on screen. Ever. Really? They keep telling me this, so, so I'm excited out what it is, <laughs> it's, it's But crazy. it also has a
1: great sense of humor. Yes,
3: it's really funny, so much it, like Secret Santa.
1: And it really falls into what we were talking about. We're, we're, you're going to get a good balls-to-the-wall mm-hmm. horror movie with some comedy in it. But we have something to say. Yes, to mm-hmm. yes, and that's yeah.
3: important to us. No, it's 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 fun and funny, but it does come with a side of vegetables. There's some broccoli in there. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So that's
5: that's that's, hmm? that's very cool. I mean, you know, I it's uh it's I've said I I've, I've actually griped about this for years that like, you know, um, there's there's all like it, it, there's so many things that are so tender now and like ooh can't talk about that can't talk about that. But I've often said, like you know, how come still one of the main gags in sitcoms is the big fat dad? Right. There's always right. the big fat dad yes. in the sitcoms. There's still the fat guy falling down. There's still like it, it's still it's an okay it's it's still okay like, to be funny still funny right and can still make that joke. Yeah. I'm like, yep. why is that still there? What the hell? Like Cause why it get, is cause that like let people out? feel superior? Yeah, that's, exactly, that's exactly exactly what it is.
3: Yeah, yep. yep. it's the safe place that that can happen. Um, and look you know
5: I mean and we have as a society we've started to move a little bit closer to like being like nicer towards women of size absolutely Mm -hmm. and like but I I, I, it's funny because I remarked that like you know you sit there and you watch like say the Ross commercial that comes on TV and they've got like all these different sized women on the commercial Mm -hmm. and then they've got the guy that's walking with them and I'm like the guy is always fit Yes. Why is there never a fat guy in the commercials? And the answer is because Ross doesn't want to carry clothes for fat guys. So you have to go to the specialty shop. Yeah, it's true. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Look, here's
3: the thing. And and by the way, you know, coming back to Secret Santa a little bit, you know, one of the things that I've I've said to every audience at at the 19 film festivals we've been to um, is I tell the audience, you know, I am very liberal guy, uber liberal. Um, but I hate PC culture I hate it I mean I hate it because I think it actually divides us so much further yeah I, think right. it, I, I think totally agree thank you it's, it's yeah. the worst we get offended we don't talk about it right and for me I want to know what everybody's thinking like I want to know where the cockroaches are I don't want them hiding in the dark mm-hmm. Here, let me see them yeah, yeah. here's the thing if if an audience is not offended, if every member of an audience is not offended by Secret Santa at some point, I didn't do my job. <laughs> I didn't do my job. Like, I, I, am, I am there to provoke.
4: Yeah. And,
3: you know, it's, look, you know, it, one of my favorite filmmakers, um, it really is, is uh, has been Spike Lee since I was in college when he first started making movies. And, um, and you know, Do the Right Thing is, to this day, I can't watch that movie without getting incredibly angry by the end of that film. I'm angry at the end of that movie. I mean, that is a crazy-making movie.
5: Yeah.
3: Because poor Danny Ayo is this great guy. He's a good dude.
5: And his life is destroyed
3: over a word.
5: The, uh, the, the, well, that ending, yeah, it divides you. Right. It divides you. You sit there and you get upset because they're destroying his pizza shop. Right. But then you're like... But the cops just choked him out. That's right. God damn it. There's so much that's pissing me off at the end of this movie. And what's great is that for
3: me, I love Spike Lee more for that. Like yeah. I love that it's unapologetic. I love that it pisses me off. Like I want I'm so tired. Look, how many times you go to a movie and it's a cheeseburger? Like you <laughs> ate it, <laughs> you're done, you never gonna <laughs> remember. Sorry, I think they would probably that. want to hear about the I
2: love it oh oh absolutely
3: yes yes what? so that, no there's a no, there's coming a, back to what you yes ask, that you what, guys asked it, forgetting, no, what yes. else is on the horizon yeah, yeah. So um, m- you you're right much much more importantly and, and he's yeah. 100% right um, we, we have a project that we're working on um, you know my, my first feature uh, as a writer director was Jason Goes to Hell and um, there is an actor that I worked with in that movie Stephen Williams who played Creighton Duke mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. see there's the mm-hmm. smile yeah um, Steven Williams is like the most badass motherfucker I've ever worked with, and uh, and I love Steven. And uh, Steven and I got on like a house on fire, and we've wanted to find something to do ever since then, where we could where we could rekindle that working relationship. So, um, because you know the Friday Thirteenth franchise is in the disarray it's in, um, and you know and the legal battles and everything that's going on around it, you know I really wanted to make something where I could kind of you know go back to the roots of that Creighton Duke character. But I can't use the and Duke character because it's tied up in that franchise. Mm-hmm. So, but I can still work with Stephen Williams. And I still can make him a badass motherfucker in a movie. <laughs> and so, um, we have a project um, that, uh, that has been, you know, ne- this is the 25th anniversary of Jason Goes to Hell, so this is mm-hmm. 25 years in the making. Um, and we are finally breaking ground on it next year, which is, um, it, it, it is ostensibly... The Raid Redemption meets the Evil Dead. Oh, Bitchin. wow. <laughs> and Stephen Williams is ostensibly the sentinel over a doorway to hell. One of the seven doorways oh my to hell. Gosh. Oh, shit.
0: That pushes every button I have. Like, that is just <laughs> absolutely...
3: Oh it's, my it God. is truly, it is the thing that, like, I, I, I have never been so excited for a project in my life. I can imagine. Um, I'm so, like, every time I think about it, I get giddy and silly. Like, I, I really feel like a little kid. Like, yay! <laughs> like, I get blocks for Christmas. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's basically like if you took Attack the Block but made the characters more sympathetic, mm-hmm. um, a little less rapey, you mm-hmm. know, at the top, would, mm-hmm. which is good. <laughs> um, and then threw in, you know, a Creighton Duke-like character um, for good measure. And so for me, um, this is, uh, again, this is as pop culture as we can get.
0: Looking um, forward to that greatly. <laughs> <laughs> to that. Yeah, Can't wait. Oh my uh, God. Yeah, that's, that's our flick. So, Secret Santa is now available where? Where can people get it right now?
3: Uh, two places. The first uh, is uh, Amazon.com, um, where it's available on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, And it's only available on Blu-ray and DVD at this point. We are not VOD yet. We Mm -hmm. will be VOD soon, but not yet. Um, And the other place you can go to is secretsanathemovie.com slash merch. Um, That site has all kinds of special offers. Um, We have signed posters from the cast and crew. We have um, signed Blu-rays and DVDs from myself. Um, we've got all kinds of like fun items that people who love the movie or who've been following the movie and people who are at festivals who've seen the film, like we've, we've had so many people order these, like, you know, the, the theatrical poster or the teaser poster and we'll sign it. We'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll personalize it to, uh, to, 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 an audience member who loves this movie. So that's, uh, those are the two places right now where you can go. Um, uh, look, here's my feeling about, about, about this movie and what I think should happen more with 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 horror films in general and really with, with just cool movies especially Independence you know we, we make everything so available so quickly mm. on all these platforms that things get buried and here's the thing we love this movie and we want our audience the people that are going to love this movie to discover this movie mm. so we're not in a rush To throw this thing on every kind of platform where it goes, it's the 473rd movie that month on that platform. Mm -hmm. We're not interested in that. We are interested in slowly doling this out. You can't get it on VOD yet. You can get it on Blu-ray and DVD. And you know what? Horror, and you guys know, we're all horror fans. Horror fans are collectors. Yeah, we buy stuff. Right. We're not getting rid of our Blu-ray no. Library. No. I still have my laser discs for the love of God. Oh, that's <laughs> you know? awesome. I got a storage locker filled with VHS copies of stuff from the 80s because, fuck yeah, that's who we are. Mm-hmm. So for me, um this is the first movie out of Skeleton Crew. It even has a 001 on the sleeve um, because the next movie will be 002. Mm-hmm. And like Criterion Editions, we're going to treat our films as collectible items. For the fans, um, we want we want we want that culture to remain. So if you want the movie, Blu-ray and DVD for now. Eventually we'll go to VOD, and then somewhere down the line it'll be available on platforms that we think are going to treat this movie with the same love and care that we treat it with.
4: That's
1: awesome. And if you want any of the extras, the signed posters and mini posters. I mean, we've got mini posters that are signed by signed by almost every one of the cast. Yeah, ninety
3: percent of the cast and crew signed. Oh, that's, that's great. great. That's great. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. It's it's really, really cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's where you can find it. Um, you can find us collectively on Instagram at Skeleton Crew Pro. Uh, our Twitter handle is at Skeleton Crew Pro as well. Um,
1: Facebook is...
3: Well, you can find me on, on Twitter at AdamMarcus13. Um, our Facebook is Secret Santa. Just Secret Santa. That's mm-hmm. us. Um, uh, and our, our website is com. Yeah.
4: Awesome.
0: Well, okay, Deborah, Adam, Brian, thank you very, very much. Yeah, and sorry. I mean, I just implore everybody listening to go and just order it and 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 watch it. And it's awesome. And it's the perfect time of year now. But also, I mean, I think it's evergreen. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, I mean, yes. So I, you know, um, even if you're hearing this on you know in March or whatever, mm-hmm. it's you can you can watch it uh, and you'll dig it. And yeah, I saw it in the spring and I was like. That was awesome. I can't wait to watch it for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um.
3: And by the way, and by the way, I, I, to your point, I think that you know this is, um, you know, Krampus. When it, when Krampus came out, it was uh, it came out on January eighth. While we were shooting, it really? It was, yeah. Yeah. While we were shooting yeah. Secret Santa, and it was number one at the box office. By the way, they took the the, the Texas Chainsaw Weekend. We were oh. number one at the box office. We stopped Django Unchained from ever getting the number one with Texas Chainsaw. They I mean, never got to number one because of Texas Chainsaw. Really? Zone. It's become a very important horror weekend. But here's the thing. Holiday horror is sometimes best served right after the holidays. Yeah. So yeah. this is the movie you watch after your family yep. goes home. Yes. And you get <laughs> to actually enjoy well, That's
5: what I wanted <laughs> to like do to all of them. I was going to say, yeah, maybe. Order it for yourself. It it's easy. the best. Wait until everyone desert. has left. Turn the movie on and think After. about like, oh God, it would have been nice to have this happen. Yes.
0: <laughs> Thank you all for supporting Thank independent movies. Oh, Thanks. Yeah. Big time guys. Yeah. Really appreciate it. You guys yeah. are great. Yeah. Well, you guys are great. So, all right. For the Horror Vision, uh, I'm Sean. I'm Chris. Anthony. And still Ray.